RPC Sermons Podcast. Today's episode is a special episode from our Facebook Live series entitled Closing the Distance. These are unscripted conversations with the pastors of RPC and various special guests reflecting on topics from our ongoing sermon series. If you're interested in learning more about this community of faith, visit roswellprez.org. Presbyterian, and it is my honor today to get to interview Jeff on his sermon uh, that he preached. We're recording this on Sunday, so you preached it today, but by the time it's posted, it'll be Monday uh, as we continue our sermon series on Hidden God. And today we looked at the uh, burning bush and um, and and how God was kind of hidden in that uh, story. It was a great sermon. So thank you very much for your word today. I appreciate thank that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And okay. So I have lots of things I want to talk about. I was okay. fascinated because you approached the sermon a little differently than you normally approach your sermons, or at least the way I experienced your approach was different. This one was very well. Uh, it was it was much more like um, you were inviting us along on this kind of experience of discovery. It felt like, um, and so I want to talk more about that. But but I want to go all the way back because the whole point of your sermon was just that that there are these moments that God interrupts the mundane, right? And so that this is what God is doing with Moses in our scripture. And you gave us all these examples. You talked about um, like. like Maybe when you you're connecting like through Taylor Swift or when you're driving and the wind's blowing through your hair or like you gave us all of these examples, which would normally be categorized as good things, right? These experiences. But then you threw in this idea of the dog running away, which would be typically in a generic way categorized as a bad thing. And so as you're preaching, I was kind of working that through my head this idea of God interrupting us or these moments, these holy moments that we're experiencing. So I was like, let's just talk a little bit about these interrupters or these even holy ground spaces and what takes us there. And are they good things? Do we categorize them as good things? Is it sometimes that the bad things lead to good things? Like, I, I just thought that was really interesting. And I was thinking about that as you're kind of ramping up your sermon and inviting us on this experience is the invitation to the experience good or can it sometimes be bad? Does that make sense what I'm asking? I think so. If I'm understanding your question correctly, I think, yeah, I think so. I, understanding good and bad is in the moment is really hard because something that's bad initially can be good. And we see um, all the time when in theophanies, these appearances of God in scripture, what the person God appears to God, one of the first things God has to say is fear not. Right, that uh, people are terrified 
Um, Moses in our story today didn't want to, he had to hide his face because he didn't want to look at God. Um, and so I think in all, uh, it, so I think it can be, it can be perceived as bad. Um, but I think I was, I use the story of the dog getting away because I think it's funny. And I think everybody probably can relate to that moment where they're absent-minded. They're not thinking about it and they leave the door open. They forgot to secure the leash. The dog gets away. I mean, so many people afterwards said, oh, I lost my dog. Right. You know, and so that's just funny. We all know that. But then it's this experience of mindlessness, not uh, as opposed to mindfulness. And, um, and so I, I, and because I wasn't mindful, so what could have been really bad, it ended up being used good because now I got this great sermon anecdote. I get to use it as an example, all that. Um, so that was kind of fun for me to do. Yeah. 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 Okay. That's really helpful. I like this idea of kind of like this, that the interruption is moving us to a place of mindfulness. And so I'm wondering if sometimes we experience it it feels to your point, like it feels bad in the moment because it's um, it's interrupting that which we have control over. I don't know. Mm -hmm. I'm just now wondering this as you're talking about kind of the mindfulness or whatever. And I'm just wondering if that's part of why we sometimes experience that as uncomfortable yeah. interruption. Yeah, no, I think sometimes it's uh, uncomfortable, uh, disturbed, disturbed, the comfort, uh, comfortable as the old Baptist preachers used to say. Um, but I think like, so one of the really fascinating um, conversations, like in the middle ages, when they really like, they've tried to figure out how many angels could fit on the head of a pin kind of thing. Is there's this, there's this uh, passage in, um, well, I forget what book it is in the new Testament where he, uh, Paul's like writing, he says, be careful. You may, you may be entertaining angels unaware. Mm. And Okay, so somebody may come to your door. Well, in the Middle Ages, they had this argument that said, well, how do you know if it's an angel or if it's a demon? How do you know the difference? And there are all these debates about this. And my quick answer about how can I discern if a moment is of God or not is, okay, as witness to in Holy Scripture, does it fit with the, the story of Scripture? And is it, it, and I think, do I have a community of believers who who can endorse it can say, yeah, I can affirm that you're not crazy, that that was, that was a valuable um, encounter with God. And so, so I think scripture and the community are really, and then your own kind of internal witness um, to the Holy spirit, I think is how we can discern these um, kinds of mystical experiences, if we want to call them that. And, and, you know, in the reform tradition, we've always been very, and Presbyterians are very suspicious about these kinds of experiences uh, because feelings and emotions can be manipulated and twisted. And so traditionally uh, they're suspicious of them. I want to kind of recover from them and say they, they can be really good. They can be um, really nourishing, uplifting for us. But, but again, we do have to kind of care. Um, and so that, that God presents God's self to us. And then in, in Jesus Christ, and we'll get that maybe in the next, I think I've got two more sermons in this series. And we'll get a little bit, I'll get into, um, you know, Carl Barth says, in Jesus Christ, God is hidden in his revealedness and revealed in his hiddenness, Ooh. okay? Which is a, which is classic Bardian dialectic, where it's two opposing statements that, um, two opposing statements 
that are still both true. Mm-hmm. And so you have to hold on to both of them and kind of go back and forth. So we'll get into that maybe in a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Okay. I w- I w- we will be looking forward to that. <laughs> That's good. That's really good. That it also, all of that reminds me too of, you know, the week that Carrie preached on Joseph and Joseph's story about like, you know, this totally catastrophic thing happens, but then God uses it for good. And then another catastrophic thing. And it, it's like, how do you define what is good and what is God when you're in the moment and our little finite human brains are trying to wrap our, trying to understand it. And it's so just kind of, yeah. that that's helpful the way you talked through that. And Martin Luther King Jr. had this saying, he would say, you know, um, in the midst of the civil rights movement, there were so many failures and there was so much uh, pushback and, and kind of win people over. And he would say, you know, the, the arc, the moral arc of the universe is long, but it bends towards justice. Mm-hmm. And it's this way that we believe that in the end, God will bring about justice, peace, God will, tr- life will triumph in the end, but it may not feel like that in the present moment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you give, so you take us then, like I said, you, I feel like you kind of take us on this journey through your whole sermon and you, you invite us to kind of experience this discovery of holy ground. Right. And so as we, we kind of walk through this experience and this discovery, there are moments of, you talk about moments of frustration, moments of um, something unexpected happens. And, um, and even there are those moments of kind of satisfaction as you, as we kind of walk through this journey. Um, And so I, I was just thinking as you're kind of giving us all these different kinds of emotions on the journey, that I think that that's I think that was really helpful when we think about what it looks like to experience God and discover God in our own lives in these ways. Um, when we're looking at our own lives, that this kind of like the moments of frustration or wait, I wasn't expecting it to happen like that. Or, uh, even the satisfaction when you tackle the dog, like (laughs) this worked out like how it was supposed to. Mm -hmm. So, so, okay. So all of that to say that was that's a little bit different approach to your sermon than you normally do, which I really I very much enjoy that this kind of experience. So tell me ab- about the approach, why you decided to approach it this way, how these things stuck out to you, how you pieced it together. Let's talk through some of that. Well, I this the the losing the my in laws dog um, Brady is kind of as a, a standard, uh, or I've used it a number of times. Like if I get if I get invited to guest preach somewhere, I've used it places like that. So I've been working on that part of the sermon for years. Um, and then the, the, the last part, which I, which I wrote, you know, 10, 15 years ago, um, I just, I, I thought, you know what, I wonder if I could use that at the end as kind of a, a marker for me to just kind of say like how this played, this idea played out in my own life and has been so influential for me, um, in my own spiritual life and journey. Yeah. Cause this, you, you mentioned this in your sermon today too, but this was a blog that you kept for a while, right? Yeah. A few years I was, um, I mean, it's kind of funny. I was trying to get a book deal and I, I had a, uh, a manuscript that I had sent out to a bunch of you know, half a dozen different publishers and they, most of them came back and they said, you know, this is great stuff. We love it. Uh, you're not fam- more, you're not well known enough online, <laughs> which I was like, great. And, uh, and I was like, you know, 
there's like one of the lowest forms of human being is the self-promoting pastor. So I, you know, and we just know so many like that. And it's like, oh, it's just miserable. I, I didn't want to come across like that. So I was trying to find topics that I could talk about um, in, on, in this kind of realm uh, and write. And so I got invited, you know, to write for various publications online uh, back then, which was really fun. And I think a lot of that um, energy that was in blogs and tumbling and all of that has shifted now to podcasts. And that's one of the reasons I felt like really strongly that we could, we could do a good high quality podcast, hopefully here at the church. Yeah. 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 Okay. And so then as you're thinking about, especially since you were paying attention, I guess, to this journey and blogging about it and, and kind of walking your way through it. So when you think about your own life in this sense of discovery and the moments of frustration, unexpected satisfaction, like all the different things, like what are some things that you feel like in your life for Jeff Myers that you've learned as you're experiencing a hidden God in those moments on the journey? Um, the, I think one thing is the importance of silence, um, which is kind of ironic since I'm <laughs> not exactly known as this, the most taciturn fella you've ever met. Um, but like alone time, I, you know, a lot of times, it, I don't know if we want to go down this road, but like in the Christian tradition, there are kind of three areas of temptation that draw us away from God and not to God. Number one, uh, the first two, we all know that's common, common sex. The second is, um, or sex or sexual desire, lust. And the second is drugs and alcohol. And the third is, the ecstasy of the crowd of, you know, being with lots of people. And that it, it oftentimes is used as a way to avoid God. And, you know, Jesus goes out into the wilderness by himself. Um, Moses here, other than his flock, you know, it looks like he's by himself uh, with, with the burning bush. And so I think the importance of solitude has been um, and it's such a people person that I've really had to develop uh, the ability to be by myself. Um, I think, oh, was it Thoreau who said, I wasn't Thoreau, he was, who said, you know, it takes more courage, um, and it takes more courage to explore the depths of your own soul than a soldier to fight on the field of battle. Um, oh, wow. And that's a, that's a Jeff Myers paraphrase, but um, I can get the, I can get the reference, but anyway, I, that's, I think those are the two things that have been most important for me in growing spiritually, um, you know, probably in the last 15, 20 years. Seems like a long time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and you know, we're in, in, the, in the Wednesday women's study, which I think that you were doing this on Tuesdays with the men, but we're working our way through the book of Luke. And Jesus is constantly in the book of Luke going off by himself to pray. Like that's a very important spiritual discipline yeah. for him which i think as we're kind of talking through this just spiritual disciplines in general i think are a really important part of that journey of discovery and finding the hidden god because they're constantly kind of calling us back to that too mm -hmm. like yeah which is why i think it was it was also really helpful that we celebrated communion today as mm. we are um, talking about this hidden God and, and what that looks like, what the table does for us in the midst of that conversation. And the other pastors you included did just a fantastic job of kind of making that connection with the spoken word through the word of the sacrament and how God is hidden 
uh, and but still present um, in the bread and the cup. Mm-hmm. So I pretty really appreciated that. I think the congregation did too. Okay, so then what? What's a word then for the people that that are really struggling with God being so hidden that there's it's feeling like there is no. You know what I mean? Like what happens when God's you don't know if God's there or not because God is so hidden. Then what do we do with that? Yeah, so I remember I used as an epigraph to my senior thesis that I did in grad school. And it was from a nun. Um, I think it was Mother Diaz. And she wrote an autobiograph, autobiography where she had been in, um, El, I think it was, I don't know if it was El Salvador. I think it was. With the death squads and stuff. And she had experienced um, sexual violence a horrific kind and she had said um one of you know she said human rights like god is never there when you need it the most mm. the really dark statement but that was out of her own experience of of horror and uh tragic violence and so i think um so i was kind of thinking about that i think we ha- we have to wait for god and i think god will show up but oftentimes i think we have to it's important for the, the Christian community to come around people that they don't feel God, that, that feel like God is so hidden, that we are the tangible presence of the body of Christ um, that can be seen, that can be touched, that can give a hug, can give a word of encouragement, can write a note. Um, and so that through us, people experience God in a tangible way uh, when the spirit of God does not seem present. Mm. There is a sermon that uh, Walter Brueggemann did. I read, I wasn't there to hear it in person, but he, it was a sermon that he had given at a funeral of a boy or young man, I think, who had died by suicide. And so this community is just super devastated. And one of the things that he says in that sermon is, you know, part of this journey is that there are going to be moments, including probably right this very moment when it, it's just too much to claim that hope that scripture gives us. Like it, that's just going to take too much. You're that's just not where you are right now. And that the, this community, these people who are sitting here and surrounding you, that we're going to claim that hope on your behalf and to mm. point on your journey. And so just kind of lining up with what you're talking about, how important that community is. Yeah. Way. I mean, I think I cribbed part of your uh, funeral homily uh, says something very similar to that. Um, you know, that when we can't hold out hope ourselves, we hold it out for one another. And I think that's a really powerful statement um, and a high vocation for the Christian community um, to live up, to attempt to live up to. Mm -hmm. Because we'll all be there. They're all, we're all going to have times. And so let's, let's form a community that is ready and not surprised by that. Um, And where people feel comfortable to say, I don't feel close to God. I mean, honestly, like, Probably I'm bet I'm betting like 95% of the congregation are not going to send me an email when they feel like they're not close to God, right? They're going to, I'm not telling the pastor, whatever, but they could tell their friends. They could tell somebody in their Bible study, you know, just on the ground, earthy spirituality to support one another, I think is really key um, and critical for the, for the, for the Christian community to thrive. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think I, I just, again, kind of going back to this journey that you offered us in your sermon I think that that that's what I was so drawn to about the sermon and the again this 
this kind of concept of journey that you gave us in the midst of the sermon, because I think that's, that's who we are as, as Christians, as, as followers of Jesus is that we, we are constantly, there's moments when God is super hidden and, and we, we need this community surrounding us. There's moments when we're super frustrated, but there's also times when the community is coming around us or we, we do tackle the dog and we feel like we're close. And then we come out of it, noticing God in a different way. And, um, anyway, so I just, kind of, as we talk about all these different phases, I really appreciated that about the sermon and and the journey that you took us on in your sermon. Thank you. Yeah. And I don't suppose, how long have you and Courtney been together? Is that sweet dog still alive? No, that dog, that dog, I got, I got Raven, uh, in New Jersey. I drove up to Baltimore. That's why she's named, um, Raven. Uh, and when I was in seminary and (laughs) just what you need in grad school is just like 150 pound dog living with you. (laughs) And, um, and then she moved when I moved down to Atlanta and then passed away, I think in 08. Um, she's really big dogs like that. She was really sick. I think she lived till she was eleven years old, and then and then we had then we got um, Percy, who was a Swiss Mountain dog, who we just absolutely adored, and she unfortunately um, died a couple few years ago um, after a mysterious illness. So yeah, and now I got kids, so we're waiting for the, the when they can get a little older and take some of the dog responsibilities because I don't want to get stuck with it again. Okay, wait. When kids are older, they're supposed to help take care of the dog. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know you love your dog. That's mama's dog. That is mama's dog. They do love that dog. But pretty soon your kids will be asking for one. So then y'all will have to. I know. Mem loves dogs. She loves squirrels. Um, It was funny. I told told Dan Price, our associate for for mission. uh, I said, Dan, you're going to hate this sermon. Cause you know, he doesn't like dogs. He doesn't like, you know, having a dog. And he said the whole time he was, he was waiting for what he was going to hate about the sermon. And then, uh, till the last line where I said, my pastoral advice for spiritual growth is get a dog. And you can just see him. Oh, he's like moaning. Oh no, no. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. He, yeah. You know, when Dan first moved here, he lived with the Slocums. He lived with us and, uh, and our dog is a little bit of a yippy dog. So sometimes that was not like the bestest of friends that they were together. <laughs> Dan. <laughs> but so it kept funny. me entertained. <laughs> yeah. So funny. So, so funny. tell me, what are we looking forward to next week and next, the next sermon as we continue on this journey? So we're going to look at, uh, we're going to fast forward to the book of Ruth and we're going to look at Ruth and Naomi's friendship, uh, a really famous passage from the book of Ruth. Um, there's some really interesting parts about Ruth that I'm going to highlight. I don't want to give them away right now that I think people are going to find it very surprising. Um, and I think what I want to focus in on is the importance of friend friendship um, and the community being more than just one per- solo isolated Christian when it comes to the hidden God, kind of what we were talking about earlier of the importance of having a community of faith that you're a part of that can support you when God is hidden. Oh, good, good. We will be looking forward to that. I don't want to miss opportunity either to remind people that um, the next several weeks, there's a lot going on in the month of May. 
And there's a church picnic coming up on the, on May 21st that we really want to invite everyone to right after worship. We're only going to have one worship service that day so we can really celebrate our community that we've been talking about. Um, but the schedule for the 21st and the 28th is that there's only one service and then we switch to a summer schedule. So I want to just remind everybody to keep their eyes on that too. Thank you. Thank you, Lindsay. All right. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate this time. And it's been fun. This morning, I love dogs. And so I'm happy for a dog sermon anytime. But like I said, more than that, I really appreciated just kind of the the experience of journey. I think that that's really important in our mm -hmm. walk. So absolutely. Well, thank you, Lindsay. I really appreciate it. This has been fun. Yep. Yep. It's a good time. All right. Well, have a good rest of your day. I will. I'll see you later. Okay. Thanks. Bye. Take care. Bye.